Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue alongside Nicholas Moriano on an off day that brings Herb Howard into the studio here in the West Loop. What's going on, Herb? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. A, a, a seemingly rare off day these days, but it's good. Glad to be here hanging out with y'all. For real. Appreciate y'all having me. This is how off days go. We're still working. Still talking about kind of how it is. Yeah, got to, got to. But it's good that we can bring in awesome guests like Herb when the Bears aren't practicing, so we can still break down everything that's been happening at House Hall and at Bears training camp. Herb covers the Bears for It's the Big, which Bigs, which you should be checking out at It's the Bigs. Of course, he's on Twitter at Herb Howard, four one one. Does a great job covering the team. Uh, last time you were on, our viewers loved it, so it's good to have you back. Hey, it was fun. We had a great conversation last time I was here. I love the studio too, man. Y'all got great digs here. It's, it's, a, it's a whole vibe, y'all. I know y'all don't get to experience the whole thing of of CHGO, but it's it's a whole vibe. They 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 got it going on up here, so it's nice to be back. That's the one nice thing about coming in on the off days, is because mm-hmm. during camp we've been in practice every day, so we've been doing it remotely. But to come back in studio, it's always good. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's jump in. Got a lot to talk about. Uh, I actually took the weekend off, and I came back, and it seems like every wide receiver got hurt <laughs> over the last couple of days. So I'm um, going to need you guys to update uh, me a little bit on that situation. But, you know, look, we, we kind of knew going into the season in this training camp that it was going to be Darnell Mooney, and everyone kind of for grabs beyond that. So I don't – as long as it's not Darnell Mooney getting hurt – these these injuries were going to happen, and it's just like okay, it just shakes out the the depth chart a little bit differently for right now. I mean, I don't know how any of these are that big of a deal. Is the point I'm making? You know, Adam, I literally have that in my notes. At least it's not Mooney, right? <laughs> All these other guys that have gotten injured, it's not the main not. one. So I, I mean, the Bears have that going for them, but still, when you have Byron Pringle who has a quad injury, uh, Matty Rufus didn't give a timetable as to when he would return. Nikhil Harry with that serious high ankle injury. Valus Jones Jr.'s day-to-day. And then whatever's going on with Dante Pettis right now. So, four wide receivers down, and but at least still got Darnell Mooney right now. It's not good. It's not, it's not good. I mean, um, I mentioned, I think I tweeted that, you know, the Bears wide receiver position had gone from, you know, bad to worse. And, you know, people get up in arms about things on Twitter. And I'm like, well, you don't think it's a bad thing? Like, like they have, first of all, this is the – most bizarre wide receiver competition that I can recall where you literally have a cluster of four or five guys who could be the number two wide receiver or not make the team. Like yeah. that's just, that's kind of bananas, right? Just to think of it. And then to have three or four of those guys go down when you're learning a new system, trying to develop chemistry with Justin, trying to develop timing and chemistry with the other receivers to have that many guys out right now is it's, it's not good. It's not good. 
No, it's not. But you know, like you said, it is a very odd competition mm-hmm. the way it's shaken out. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's. First of all, losing to Keel Harry, like he was a bonus to even be here right. in the first place. They right. made that trade late. Um, you know, that seems to be the more significant injury mm-hmm. out of all of them. Yeah. Could be out sometime. It sounded like uh, with what Ian Rappaport uh, reported over the weekend, maybe at least six weeks. That, seemed, that would seem to put you into the regular season. And, you know, depending on how he was taking to the new offense anyway, because he got kind of a late start on all of this. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the OTAs in this system. I don't know. Maybe he's a guy that's not the worst thing in the world. You have to start the season – know out for a while uh as you pick up some things um byron pringle that's a guy i think that's they want to be the number two whether or not he performs up to that it still is to be determined i think the downside there with this quad injury is you just don't have him in the preseason game so you're now you don't really get to evaluate him in that setting yeah and i think the big thing too it's like obviously they're not the biggest names. They are the only names that the Bears have at this point, though. But the thing is, what the, we've been seeing in training camp, the Bears love to rotate guys yeah. in and out. L- literally yesterday, there was a rep where Fields had to work with Chris Fink, Isaiah Coulter, and Nassimba Webster. And if that's going to be what happens throughout the course of training camp, you're not, you're not getting the best looks. Yeah. I don't care. Even if it is just, uh, you know, like a Dante Pettis, Fales Jones, those guys, they're above – the three players I just mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where I think it could be concerning if it does last a little bit longer. You're not getting the best looks on these reps, and obviously training camp is huge to get that the timing down and the chemistry down within the offense. But if you're having like guys like that rep in and out with the first team, yeah, Fields is not getting the best looks, and this is the time to really establish you know, the offense, and that's not going to be the case. I mean, you could look at it you know, glass half full if you want to, and I tend to be a glass half full kind of guy. But just in this case, not so much. Like you can look at this thing and say, well, there's a lot of competition, so there's a lot of there's a lot of depth. There isn't a lot of depth. There aren't a lot of answers, right? Yeah. I don't know the if they like to rotate guys in or they just don't have three or four solid guys that they're sure about. You know sure. what I mean? And so it 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 six and one half a dozen the other, maybe, but it's like I I think that they have issues of not having true top end guys. And so everybody from two through eight are close and it's I don't know if that's an ideal position to be in right now. Well, you're hoping that somebody's going to separate themselves. But the problem is this is – Those guys are going down. (laughs) Yeah, you got people going down. And also, this isn't college football where you got a bunch of young kids that are transitioning to college for the first time. You're like, okay, who's going to develop? Almost everybody in this deal, except for Valus Jones, who happens to be one of the oldest rookies in the league, by the way, um, is somebody who's already failed somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. Or not had a ton of success somewhere right, else, right. so it doesn't quite give you the level of optimism that you'd be looking for. That like, oh, somebody's just going to take off. Like you might have at some other positions with some truly young guys that are still on rookie contracts. I think that's that's yeah. kind of what we're sorting through. And I've heard some optimism about this group from some people, and I get it if you want to be optimistic about it. But you, there's no one alive who can say that they've seen these guys produce at a high level in the National Football League. No, nobody's seen it. Not in kill, not EQ, not Byron. Nope, you ha- nobody's seen it. We're hopeful. I'm hopeful, right? I hope that these guys can emerge as playmakers and contributors and difference makers on Sundays, but nobody's ever seen them do it. And, you know, until then, it's just a hope. 
is just hoping, you know, you're working obviously with, you know, you're hoping like guys like Equinemius St. Brown, who I think has been trending in an upward direction sure. because uh, going into training camp didn't have the highest expectations for him, obviously knowing Luke Getze, but those guys are going to have to step up until at least some of these numbers come back. We don't know when that's going to be. Hopefully, Valus, I think Valus Jones Jr. will be back sooner than some of the other guys because he's day-to-day, like Iberflus was saying. But that's all. Again, you can only hope that these guys gradually come back and sooner rather than later so Justin Fields can have just numbers, bodies to throw to at this point. All right, so we usually start every post-practice show with the best and worst that we see each and each day. Um, what was – I'll ask both you guys this, then. What was the best thing you guys saw over the weekend? the weekend um and don't say nathan peterman's deep ball that the bears were Kevin highlighting Shaw? on their oh, twitter yeah, account you, you didn't you didn't like that take from the bears or bigs either <laughs> bigsy was like yo these are good i saw balls. that i saw that but like the, <laughs> like okay all right i'm just saying i don't know if it's a good thing if the highlights the team's putting out on their own twitter account every day is nathan peterman that's yeah, no good like shouldn't that be loaded with justin fields every day should I, I guess if I if I had to say, you know, the best thing I saw over the past couple of days would be, you know, Tevin Jenkins in pads, right? And I, I don't know where that's going to go. I don't – I'm on record. I don't know that he's going to be on this team come September 11th. Um, but it has to be at least a step in the right direction that we saw him. We hadn't mm-hmm. seen him in a week and a half at mm-hmm. all anywhere, right? Um, and so just to see him around the team with pads on and cleats on the field – that would have to be the best thing I saw. I know, I know it's a low bar, but I guess that's the best thing <laughs> I saw. At least he was there. <laughs> he, at least he was there. He does exist, uh, Tevin Jenkins. You know, I'll stick with the offensive line. I think it's Braxton Jones mm. kind of holding his own at left tackle, being that it, at this point, you guys, it seems like it's his job to lose because sure. he's been getting a lot, most of the reps with that first-team offense. There was a rep yesterday in, in the Walter Payton Center where he went up against Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn made him look like a rookie. But for the most part, you haven't had – too many moments like that. Yeah. And I think that's encouraging from a guy that was a fifth-round draft pick and is now thrust into the starting lineup. So just Braxton Jones and his emergence to be a part of the Bears' starting offensive line. Well, that's legit. That's legit. I think he's, he's handled himself well. We talked to him in the spring, and he was talking about being surprised to be thrust into mm-hmm. the first team. And now he's kind of settled into it, and he's got this competition going on with Riley Reef. But, you know, to Nick's point, he's certainly holding his own. So I, I agree with that. Worst thing um, – I know we've already talked about it, but it would have to be those injuries. Those, yeah. All those wide receivers just going down one after one, just dropping like flies. And that, uh, if this were a second year, third year team, or a third year in the system, you know what I mean? That then maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. But you've got all of these guys that are learning a new system with a quarterback they haven't played with, an OC that they aren't familiar with, and you need this time, right? You need this time more so than say. You know, the Rams, like if all the Rams wide receivers went down right now, I wouldn't bat an eye about it. But this team already kind of lacking talent at that position, and then the guys that you're hoping to emerge all kind of go down one by one, that's the worst thing that's happened to the Bears this week. You know what? Some of the situational periods on offense have just – and you can probably go from both days, honestly, but there just wasn't execution. The Bears started deep in – they were lined up on the one-yard line. And Just Fields' first pass is should have been intercepted by Jaquan Brisker, trying to target Cole Komet over the middle of the field. 
then there's a, a run for two yards and eventually they have to lead to a punt. But, and I know this is practice where you get to work out the kinks and things like that, but seeing some of the situational periods just end up in the results that we've all seen for Bears offenses, usually a three and out, is a little discouraging, but I get it. It's, it's training cam, he's missing. And like I told you, Chris Fink, Nassimra Webster, Isaiah Coulter were the wide receivers. It's tough to do things when those are the guys you're working with, but sometimes situationally, Obviously, the offense still is a work in progress. Yeah, I would say just kind of looking from the outside this weekend, I think the the best thing was that Tevin Jenkins was back out there. Mm -hmm. I'll agree with you that on that one, Herb, because I wasn't really expecting that. Like, the yeah. way things were yeah. – I mean, that thing shifted dramatically last week where it was like, I don't, don't even know if he's in the building. He's working with trainers. Who's trainers? Don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> some trainers. Some trainers. He's and then all of a sudden, Friday, Luke Getzey's like, oh, yeah, he's here. He's in all the meetings. I was like, why, why couldn't the head coach just say that? It would have made things so much easier. Um, and then. I don't know why they do that. I don't know. I, I don't know why they do that. I, 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 I asked Flus. I'm like, listen, you, you were clear about your injury policy and about how you're going to report injuries at this point of the year. I understand that, right? But you've also said, you know, this guy has a quad or this guy has a hammy. Why not with Tevin? Like, why not just say that? And he's, oh, well, it's because he was day-to-day, -day and we only do that if they're going to be week-to-week. -week. Well, what's what's week-to-week -week if it's not 10 days? Like, Well, my <laughs> fear is it's the back again. Yeah. Because they probably don't want to say that. I mean, now, it's good that he's back already, even if it's limited. Uh, we'll see if he does more at Soldier Field tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing I can think of in that scenario. But, yeah, when you're asked – Repeatedly about Tevin Jenkins, and then in one of those answers, you go, "Oh, by the way, Thomas Graham has a hamstring; he's going to be out for weeks." Like, like, come on. Okay, so, well, you were asked about Tevin Jenkins, though. Like, well, right, what? right, right, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, it was good to see him back because I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Um, I still don't necessarily think that he's got an inside track to a starting job by any means, but no, I don't think so. Being on the field in pads is better than not being on the field uh, at all. Not really being seen at all. I mean, even Lucas Patrick, who we know is out for a while, and his, had his, his hand, like, basically casted up. We saw him. He's watching. He's yeah. over there. Roquan Smith's holding in. He's at practice every day out there. So it's just, I don't know. Weird things happen in training camp. We know that by now. For sure. Uh, I think the um, in terms of the worst thing, Yes, probably the injuries piling up. But I will say this. I'm not too concerned about it. Injuries always pile up as soon as the pads go on. Mm. There is that callousing that needs to take place. And I just think that this is part of it. You're always going to have two or three guys go down with injuries that, are, that might even wipe out the whole preseason. Sure. But what you want to avoid are those catastrophic injuries that – yeah, cost you half a season or a season. Mm -hmm. Yes, and to specific players, too, yeah, yeah. that you just can't afford to lose. And believe it or not, there are three or four players on this team that are in that category of guys that, even though the expectations aren't super high, the whole season changes if Fields gets hurt oh, or easy. Mooney gets hurt or Roquan Smith gets hurt. Yeah. Which well, is fine that he's not practicing in my mind because it's like, okay, those injuries. can't yep. get hurt that way. Yeah, no, he's yeah. one of the guys that – I. Him being out doesn't really matter, right? And as long as he's not – if it goes into the season, different story. But him, Quinn – like, I, I don't need to see Quinn take a rep 
not not at practice, not in the preseason. I don't <laughs> no. I don't care. He's gonna he's it's gonna show up. He's gonna bend the corner and and sack people. That's just kind of what he does. And yeah. so you know, a couple guys I'm not worried about, but I'm with you on that on in terms of those injuries. Just real quickly, I seen the comments. Uh, they said for the worst thing it was a Tevin Jenkins press conference. <laughs> I it just looked like a man that was just defeated, and because he's usually lively, like he's pretty you know energetic. Yeah. I would say. And, like, that one, it, it's a tough situation to be in. But, yeah, I, I had that same takeaway after, you know, Tevin Jenkins' press conference that it was kind of tough to watch. Yeah. He's being tested right now. Yeah. And it seems like the team wants it that way. So we'll see if he pulls through. It seems like what they wanted from the spring when they put the fifth-round yeah. rookie in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I assume that they wanted, you know, a more positive or light a fire <laughs> under you kind of response, and he – that doesn't seem to be the way he received it. He seems to have received it as like, you know, like, damn, why are you doing this? Right. He seems to be dejected. You hear him talking about, you know, Oh, I'm I'm always having these conversations with my fiance and she makes me feel better about talking and shout out to his fiance for being an awesome life partner. But it's, it gives you some insight to where he is mentally, right? That he's, you know, constantly needing to be reassured or, or something to feel Mm -hmm. better. And it, it's, it's not good. And somebody asked him specifically, you know, how, he, how he's handling these things. And he was like, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's life. And, and life is hard. Mm-hmm. So this is hard. Got it. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, 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 not, it's not an ideal position for him or anybody else. And you, I go back to Gundy, his college coach, you know, talking about where he is mentally and emotionally. And I, I just don't think that he's got that kind of makeup to deal with that kind of pressure. I think they're going to have to deal with him a little bit differently. He needs more positive reassurance than kind of negative um, motivation. Yeah, what you're referencing was Mike Gundy talking about right after they drafted him about how it, you know, it took him a, a little bit to figure out, like, oh, shit, yeah, you're actually, like, a really big, good yeah, you, you football go, you player. Like, you, you could actually <laughs> do some, some like, mean things to people uh, out there on the football field. And it took him a while to figure that out, and then all of a sudden things started to take off. But – then what happens when adversity strikes again? And then he deals with that back injury at the end of his college career, goes off to the NFL, and what's he got? Two practices, basically, now? Three? Are we up to three? Three total. Three mm-hmm. total practices Two now in, in, uh, in training Two. camp? Yeah. Training camp practices, so that's tough. Uh, all right, got a lot more coming your way. Just want to let you know that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it, because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. If you happen to see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. 
M real quickly. I see Brandon Johnson. The best thing I've seen was CHGO and Hogan Johns live at the same time. Adam, how can you be in two places at once? I What's going know. on here? I can. That's how I, I, I've Superman. officially cloned myself. <laughs> it, it makes life a lot easier. I can now do two podcasts at the same exact time. That's awesome. Uh, we all got aspired to be like Adam there. But I have to tell you about our next partnership, which you should all definitely know about, Athletic Greens. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and, you know, everyone should really do that. Herb, it's a really good product there. What's awesome about it is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And there's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. You just take your Athletic Greens, you're good to go. It's all you need to start your day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears, again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right. Uh, Going to keep rolling here. Herb Howard in studio with us today. Awesome to be back in our West Loop studio. We got Soldier Field practice tomorrow. We'll be zooming right back over here for our post-practice show right after that tomorrow at Soldier Field. Um, I don't know why the Bears don't do this practice like... On the weekend at night, where everyone can go. Night, maybe it's because they don't own their own stadium. Um, <laughs> they used to do that. I mean, Ew. it used to be on a Saturday night, but it would always be during Lala. Oh. It would be a nightmare. Because um, I don't know if you guys saw, like, the Eagles had 30,000 fans at their practice. Mm. Wow. The Bills can, like, fill their stadium. Um, and I was in Wisconsin over the weekend. The Packers had a practice on TV. Wow. Shh. So, you're not even allowed to tweet about practice half the time. No, we can't. No. <laughs> yeah, very true. No. But it's a Tuesday at 1045. You know, you know what I've noticed this year? Pretty much every year, but definitely this year even more so. Packers, their reporters will just straight up tweet out the depth chart. Like, mm. from practice. That's always been a thing. They're not as secretive about injuries. Um, like, the first day at camp, Brian Gutekunst was like, yep, Bakhtiari – had a knee surgery. Yeah, our all-pro left tackle, no big deal. You know, he'll be back. We'll move on to the next guy. We're good. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, who's Tevin Jenkins? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what, what injury did Dakota Dozier have? Uh, we can't tell you that. Competitive advantage. He's guys. out for the year. What? What, what does that matter? Competitive, Competitive advantage. advantage. Yeah, <laughs> Got to stay on top. Well, one of those teams is winning the North every year. The other one's not. So the other one's gonna take it and never give it back. <laughs> That's right. Eventually. We'll, yeah, they'll get there. Uh, Herb, what have you learned about this team since camp started? Like, what stood out to you maybe the most? Um, it's a better football team than they were last year. And not on paper. On paper, they would appear to be a better football team last year. But just watching them and comparing the practices, comparing the tempo, comparing the demeanor, this is a better football team they're going to compete more they're not going to beat themselves as much with you know undisciplined penalties and those types of things I think this is a team who is going to play above maybe where their talent indicates they would 
And I think that's a good thing for them. They're going to find themselves in games late in the fourth quarter. Whether or not they have the playmakers to be able to steal some of those games, we'll have to see about that. But just watching how they go about their business, I think this is a very professional team. I think it is a, a disciplined team that's going to compete through the echo of the whistle. And I, I give Coach Iberflus, you know, all the kudos and credit for establishing that kind of culture so soon. I like that, Herb. I'll take a bigger picture, but more so on the offense. I think there is actually an offense with the scheme that Luke Getzey's trying to run here. It, it makes sense how he's trying to get guys open, how he's going to use Justin Fields and care to, you know, his ability to extend plays outside the pocket, uh, utilize the tight ends like Cole Komet. Like, I think even though we've seen guys in and out of the lineup, the offense at this early stage of it, it looks like it makes sense. And so I think that's encouraging despite who's, you know, on a given play. The scheme's not going to be the one thing that holds maybe the offense back right now. It, it might just be the, the, not, the lack of talent at this point. But having a scheme that makes sense, and I know we've talked about this a lot, Adam, like that's what we're kind of seeing through the first 10 practices of training camp. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that there's a lot of reasons uh, actually that you can point to of why this team could actually end up winning more games than they won last year. Yeah even with the so-called lack of talent, to me, like, the lack of talent isn't so much about what they lost. It's maybe what they refuse to go out and replace them with in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And it actually starts to eat at me when I keep hearing the same people that bashed the players that were on the field last year yeah. complain about the players that are no longer here anymore. Because, right, right. like, those were the same players you didn't – like. Right. You thought Allen Robinson was dogging it last year. Okay. Well, now he's on the team. So, really, what's the difference? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I actually think that's one example where you do probably miss Allen Robinson a little bit. And I think yeah. Allen Robinson would have been better off in this offense uh, with a little bit better direction sure. than what they're getting now. But, like, come on. I mean, some of these other guys, Bilal Nichols is a solid player. But, like, they're not missing Bilal Nichols right now. No. You know what I mean? Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, all those guys. I mean, those guys. Eddie Goldman goes and retires. Akeem Hicks has got an injury right now, and he's missed, what, 20 games? He's missed 20 games over the past three or something like that. And so, I mean, it's not the departure of those guys. It's the lack of replacing them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but where I'm going with that, where I think it connects to what you guys were saying is – to me, I feel like you have to – if you're coming in and you're rebooting this thing, if you're Ryan Poles, if you're Matt Eberflus, like there's two big-picture things that are most important this year. Okay, mm-hmm. one of them is obviously the quarterback. And maybe that's the only area where we probably all feel, fans included, that, I don't know, maybe get them one more weapon or something. that like mm-hmm. It shouldn't look this dire on the offensive line and wide receiver unit – but at the same time, I think they're testing them. Like, raise your raise the players around you to a different level, to your level. And I think they're banking on the scheme being a big part of that. But the other big thing that they got to establish, beyond just making sure Justin Fields gets better, is the foundation, right? The identity of the program, which was lacking the last four years. They could never figure it out what that identity was. The, the defense had it early on. And then they kind of lost it once yeah. Fangio left. And then the offense never found it at any point. No. Um, I mean, if anything, I think Chris Tabor developed a little something on special teams. Yeah. But now he's gone. Agreed. Agreed. So, 
you know, to me, it's all about, and that's why I think they're training. These training camp practices have been so hard. Like they're kind of weeding out who can handle it, who can't, and set your expectations because this is what it's going to be like with the Chicago Bears going forward. And they might back off. They might have to. Like, Lovey Smith backed off after his first sure. year because they actually had too many injuries. But they still set that foundation. They set their identity that stayed true, you know, for basically a decade. Yeah, no doubt. Um, another thing that I kind of learned since the start of training camp, kind of micro-focusing this part here, but we didn't see much of Alquan D. Muhammad no. in OTAs. He was still dealing with an injury. But since training camp has started – Al-Kwandi Muhammad's a thing. He is. Like, he's, I know he's going up not against the best tackles. We sure. have to put that out there. Sure. But consistently getting in the backfield, I've seen him draw holding calls, be in the right placement on run plays. You know, with him and Quinn and obviously Travis Gibson, like, I think there is something to this defensive end group yeah. and what they could potentially do to opposing quarterbacks. But seeing him kind of flash consistently – that's that's going to be huge for this defensive line. Yeah, he's what he's what Flew said he is, right? He's he's a try hard, maximum effort guy mm-hmm. who's going to get the most out of his abilities, and 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 to do that every single snap, that's valuable, man. I, oh, like yeah. as an offensive tackle, you just at some point you just expect you know the, the guy's going to take a playoff, and yeah. if you got a guy across from that's never going to do that, eventually he might get you two or three times a game, and and you know those could be big plays for you. So I, I like what I've seen from him too, and I think that group is good. I think they're going to be able to generate pass rush on the edge. I'm a little concerned about the, their ability to push the pocket from the middle, right, the interior. And I, I, I would say I like what I've seen from Justin Jones so far. I was very concerned about, you know, is he just a guy? Because in this defense, you don't need just a guy at that three-tech. You need a difference maker. You need somebody who's penetrating and disrupting. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that from him. But then you kind of got to grade it on a curve. Like, is, 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 he, is he that good? Or is that because that's Sam Mustafer and that's a rookie and that's Jatari Carr? Like, you know what I mean? Yep, like, yep. It, what's real is, is hard to determine right now. These preseason games are going to be a little bit telling in the trenches. That's where I – want to say I'm encouraged by Braxton Jones mm-hmm. because for the most part, he's been going up against, you know, whether it's Robert Quinn or Al-Quadi Muhammad, like good players for the most part getting thrown out there with the ones. Cause I agree with you. Like at sometimes I, I sort of wonder if we're hyping up the secondary a little bit too much mm. because they're going up against yep. all these, these wide receivers that you're like, okay, who are these guys? But, and like as Good of a camp as I thought Kyler Gordon was having before he got apparently banged up or was dealing with the same thing that maybe he was dealing with in OTAs. You know, when he got isolated one-on-one and some one-on-one drills against Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney was going by him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that'll get sorted out. That'll get sorted out here in the preseason, um, which leads me to my next question for you guys that I wanted to ask you. Is just, I know the game's not till Saturday, but what do you want to see this week? Like, what's what's important that the Bears are able to get out of this week of camp with a number of practices, but also ending it with an actual game on Saturday? For me, I was kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about the execution on offense. I want to see Fields in this offense look in sync. And look, it's it's the first preseason game. It's not real realistic expectations, honestly. If you're you're asking for that, but I I do want to see that come to fruition throughout this week of practice and on Saturday. It's like, okay, the, maybe the one or two series you got, it actually looks, it looks functional. 
despite who's out there. Like, at least Fields making the right throws. If the receiver drops the ball, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, mm-hmm. it wasn't on Fields. Mm-hmm. So just seeing the operation of things work, I think a lot of Bears fans would like to see that too. Like, okay, we're seeing Luke Getzi's offense. We're seeing people in open space, open grass, and they're executing plays. If they can do that throughout this week of training camp and leading up to Saturday – I think that's, you know, the arrow pointing up for them. Yeah. For me, it's the kids for me. Um, you you got to find out if these young guys are going to be able to step in and contribute immediately. I, I'm very, very high on Jaquan Brisker. I think he is going to be an absolute stud. Like, not just like a good Bears player. I think he's going to be a stud in this league. And I want to see him flash that early and often, right? And so I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, out on the field, Obviously, with Kyler, the same thing. Just looking forward to seeing him get acclimated. But um, Braxton Jones, like, how is he going to hold up in a real game? And I, I would let those kids play. Like, I'm, I'm sure like, we talked about like, Quinn not needing to play or whatever, and I'm sure you'll pull Justin whenever you feel like you've seen enough. But let those kids play. Like, let Braxton Jones could play the whole half. I don't <laughs> care. Like, let, let them play. Um, and let's find out know what you have in some of these younger guys let Dominique Robinson get 30 pass rushes you know what I mean like mm-hmm. let these kids play let's find out if they are going to be able to to contribute so I'm most looking forward to the young guys getting out on the grass on Saturday and seeing what they got I'm also intrigued I feel like the Bears are almost in a uh, advantageous position where now I say this with the understanding that we've already seen from his coaching staff that they're a little paranoid about competitive advantage. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what, what, do you, what do they have to lose? Uh, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and open up the playbook. Sure. But I don't think that they necess- necessarily have to go out there and hide a ton of stuff. Like, my, I guess my point is let Justin Fields run the offense. Don't hold him back because you're so worried about – Oh, the 49ers sure. are going to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I got news for you. The 49ers are practicing against us every day anyway. Right. You know, right. It, exactly. it, it, they run the system. They, they run this Better system. Better than y'all. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they know yeah. how it looks. Yeah. So, so you don't waste these reps um, because you're so afraid to, to show what's really what in your offense uh, in front of the TV cameras. Let Justin Fields go out there. Let the offensive linemen go out there and actually run the system. Again, I'm not saying show all your cards by sure. any means, but you don't have to hold back. And I'm sure it'll be heavily scripted, but make the most of these opportunities that you have, the limited reps in these three preseason games. When's the last time y'all seen a new football play? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when the last time somebody did something, like, I've never even seen anybody yeah. do that on the football yeah. field before. Like, holding, hiding what? Well, hey, Sean Payton saw the Bears run that one play in the playoff game and do it poorly, and then he ran it the next week and scored a touchdown. Copycat league. You know, so. No, true. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Guys, before we get to the last segment of the show, I just got to tell you again about PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. 
So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Some of our commenters pointing out that the uh, Philly special came off of uh, Bears play. Which is true. Mm-hmm. Matt Barkley running mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. to was it Cameron Meredith? Uh, to Cameron Meredith in Week 17 against the Vikings the year before the Super Bowl was played in the same building. So the Bears are really good at drawing up plays that other teams run successful well. teams. Yep, <laughs> well in playoff games. Um, so yeah, look, I, I just it'll be an interesting week, I think with both the health of the team, but also what they're actually able to run. And to answer my own question that I asked you guys, like, I just want to see that offense look functional. Mm-hmm. You know, get in and out of the huddle, mm-hmm. make it look like Fields is in control, and then make quick decisions too. Yep. You know, and that could be fool's gold because we actually saw Fields have a nice preseason debut last year. We saw Mitch Trubisky do it back in the day against the Broncos. He looked mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to win Rookie of the Year in that game. Um, it's it's tough because what they go up against is going to be very vanilla. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it still can't look good. In fact, it means it probably should, it should look good. Right. Um, and, it, and it certainly beats the alternative of coming out of that game being like, oh, no. Like, what was that? Couldn't even figure out what they were trying to do. They got to get over that. You know what I don't want to see? Was it the game against Buffalo where Justin took that huge Ooh. hit? Where it, I think he just read, I forgot exactly what the play was, but it came off, the guy came, right. off the came off the edge, right and then just blew Justin up. Like, yep. obviously, I think he he's, that was preseason last year, right. and now he's right. going into year two. So those are inexcusable, So and they probably won't happen now. I'm sure Justin's obviously learned sure. with that, about that, but... Yeah, those types of plays can't happen, and like you said, just functional offense. Just that's that's all I'm kind of looking for on Saturday. I think he's made that he's he's gotten to that point in his development, mm-hmm. right, where yeah. he understands pre-snap. I think he's gotten to the pre-snap point where he understands, okay, what is it that I'm trying to do, and what do I see pre-snap? For me, the next step in his development is understanding and deciphering quickly what happens to him post-snap. Right. I thought they were doing this and they dropped back into a zone or I thought they were sitting back and they brought pressure. Where's my hot? Where are my answers to these questions? And right now, and understandably so, he's he's not there yet. Right. He's slow on some of the things you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Some of these throws come out a little bit late or he's getting to his second and third read a little bit late and understandable second system in two years. I, I get it. But I would like to see him get to the point where he's finding the answers post snap quicker than he is right now and yeah. not having to always depend on his athleticism. It's great that he has it and he's going to be able to use it and he should, mm-hmm. but I would like him to be able to find those answers quicker. And, and I'm more than willing to give him a lot more time to, yeah. f- to figure sure. all that out. For like sure. I am, I'm totally on board with it being a, a process. You know, I was actually listening to, uh, uh, if you have any semblance of a uh, social media account, you probably know Aaron Rodgers was on part of my take. Uh, today, because that's been everywhere. Um, and a lot of that interview, from what I've listened to so far, is pretty goofy, as you'd understand. But he got into some heavy football stuff from the part Ooh, I listened to. Okay. about, And some of it had to do with Brian Urlacher, actually. Which, But the point Rodgers made was you reach a different level as a quarterback when you can start playing defense. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not... 
you're, you're so advanced on your side of the ball that you could start playing the defense's game. Yep. And then you know everything. And, and like, it, it kind of just put things into perspective for me right away, Tom. Because when you think about it like that, there is no possible way that Justin Fields could be there yet. And nope. he shouldn't no, be there. No. No. Even like a Josh Allen probably is just starting to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Herbert, despite all the success he had last year, there's no way he no could way. possibly. I was watching Keenan Allen. I'm sorry. I was yeah. watching Keenan Allen uh, talk to Brandon Marshall and Pac-Man, and he was, he was saying the exact same thing about uh, Herbert. And they were asking him, is he the guy that can take you all the way? He's like, man, he is. He was like, when it clicks for him, he's going to be a problem. And Brandon Marshall was like, what do you mean when it clicks? He's like, there's, there's just another level, right? There's, yeah. it, there's, there's 100, 200. There's another level, and they're just not – they don't have enough experience to be at that level just yet, mm-hmm. even though they're immensely talented. And, and one of the reasons why Rodgers, throughout all these years, has consistently talked up Brian Urlacher as, like, the hardest opponent he's gone up against and why he has so much respect for him is because Urlacher could play offense yep. against him. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why Urlacher had so much success against Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it the people forget that uh, – there, there was actually some struggles there for the Packers for a minute against a bit, the Bears. Yeah. Um, and then that, that really it was when – Did Lovey have a winning record? Lovey, well, Lovey went through a period where he went 7-3 and three against the Packers. Okay. Um, then that started to tail off towards the end, okay. Okay. Um, especially after Aaron Rodgers took over. But at least there was a little bit more back and forth. And mm-hmm. then once Lovey left, once Erlacher retired – we know this, how it's been really in the last 10 years now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just think that that's hearing that granted top quarterback in the league, you know, MVP, but you understand why he's that way, why Aaron Rodgers has that success when you think about it like, oh, yeah, he's playing the defense for the defense, and that's why he keeps beating the defense. That's a long ways away. No one's expecting that to happen yet. But at a minimum, going back to what you were talking about, Herb, I think the fair expectation for Justin Fields right now is to just see it speed up a little bit. Yep. And it doesn't have to be this weekend against the Chiefs. Like, nope. Nope. It could be like week eight. Yep. And by the way, he was starting to get there last year. Despite all the shit that, he, uh, that got put in front of him that wasn't fair, despite the system cool. and the lack of – Now you uh, should still be in jail for what he did to that kid <laughs> in Cleveland. Like, so, that's premeditated murder. You know, and, and so if he is put in the right spot with these coaches in this system – I could see a world where that starts to click halfway through the season. That's but the we got to be patient. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, it's going to take time. Uh, Lawrence, we have some questions before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, there's a few I could okay. give you guys today. Um, let's start with, uh, let's see here. Oh, um, how about from Kevin O'Reilly? Scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you Komet will have a breakout season? Um these many like <laughs> five I'm, I'm right in the middle on him I'm I'm so tired of talking about Cole Komet's potential we know it he, he had it we saw the potential in college he's a second round pick he's got the size and the athleticism I are you good at football or not right and I don't mean like regular human good I mean football standards I mean, <laughs> NFL standards good like are you good at football or not and I think that this season it's put up or shut up with me I'll give him 
to week eight before I'll d- say, okay, I'm done with him or not because this offense should allow him to thrive, right? They should be able to, if they can establish their outside zone and get play action off of it, he should be able to get some drags across the middle, some down the seam, mismatches on some linebackers. He should be able to produce in this offense. They're going to need him to. So I would say my, I'm right in the middle. I think, I think he has all the potential to do it. Let's go do it, Cole, please. Yeah. I think um, it depends how you define breakout season. You know, if we're asking Cole Komet to be a top five tight end in the league, I don't, I don't think that those were fair expectations really from the start mm-hmm. when they drafted him. You know, this wasn't a guy who was a top ten pick. Right. That's why the comp for me, and I drilled this over and over again so we don't have to get into it, but it was Kyle Rudolph was always the comp for me. I would love that. So if, if you're asking me – and actually, and I've gone through this before, if you actually look at Kyle Rudolph's year two numbers, Cole Komets are right there. So mm. if you're asking me if that breakout, that trajectory can continue, I'm like an eight. I'm like a nine okay. on that. But if you're if you're asking me, can he be one of the top five tight ends in the league and you know all of a sudden have double-digit touchdowns this season, I don't know. I'm probably more like a three. Like, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily a fair uh, comparison. How about um, to think about it in fantasy football terms? Like, how confident are we that he could be a tight end one? So, essentially one of the top 12 tight ends in the league. A guy you want to start every week in fantasy. It would help if he scored some touchdowns, you guys. Right, that helps you in your fantasy. And yeah. we know Cole Komet's got two of those. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in two years. So, yeah, I feel like he's more of a top 15 kind of guy. Um but confidence-wise, like around seven and a half, I think the scheme, going back to what Herb was saying, should do some good things for Cole Komet. All right, this one's strictly for Herb because we've answered this before, but uh, Brian Schuster asked, do you guys think Eberflus's practice is different than Nagy's practice? So I've, I've heard these two guys' thoughts, but what about you, Herb? Yeah, I definitely think that there are different practices. I, like That's kind of what I was referencing earlier when I say this looks like a better team, right? They're, you're seeing them run from drill to drill you're seeing them hustle you know back in between plays you're seeing them go through the echo of the whistle and you got 11 guys running to the football corner on the backside, no chance of making the play is still busting his tail to get over there and I think those are the types of things that are going to matter and you can see those things out at practice it's a it's a different situation we heard Cole Komet say this week that that was the hardest practice of his life you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so you, you can definitely tell that there's a, a different sense of urgency um, around what they're doing right now. And I think it's good, it's good to see. They have, you know, they have a sense of direction. They know who they want to be and where they want to go, even if they aren't quite close to getting there. They know where they want to go. So, yeah, that, the practices definitely look different. All right, next up, this is from Jesse Colson, who says, where do the guys think additional wide receiver help would come from if the injury bug at the position continues? <laughs> good question. Uh, the waiver wire? Yeah, I mean, you know, where else? Yeah, uh, I mean, man, there's uh, not even Odell Beckham still unsigned, right? But yeah, why would he sign with injured. the Bears? Yeah, that, and he's still going through his ACL. Yeah, yeah, he's know, not so. gonna be. He's gonna he's gonna have to start the season on pup at least. Yeah, right. Um, you got guys like Will Fuller on the street. Yeah, the guy um, that also hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, throughout his career, but yeah. he's a body. Yeah, he's a, he's a pass there, there's a couple guys out on the street that you may consider, but I think it's going to have to come from cuts. Like after after teams make their cuts, some teams are rich at wide receiver. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You look at the Rams; they've got 
three dudes who would probably be number ones over here. Like it's so <laughs> you, you just kind of wait and see, you know, do these teams like the Rams or the Bengals maybe cut somebody who was maybe their sixth or seventh that can now come be your third or fourth. You know what I mean? And, and maybe there's some options there. Yeah, I think that that's probably the most likely. I mean, you mentioned Will Fuller, still only 28. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's 32 now. Mm-hmm. Eberflus connection, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a stretch even there. Manuel Sanders is 35. Yeah, man, oh, yeah, they keep Oof. going up. Ellen <laughs> Hearns is 30. Deshaun Jackson's 35. DJ. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, – I mean, D.D. Westbrook, but he didn't really do much when he went over to the Vikings. So, it's they're in a tough tough. situation, especially with the injuries that have already happened. Like, none of those guys, especially given their age at this point, like moving the needle or doing doing much for you at this point. I think the low expectations kind of just allows them to just play it out and and see, right? Mm -hmm. I I think that Ryan Poles is kind of understanding that he's – playing with house money right now and you know mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of pressure on this particular season which I think also weighs into the Roquan Smith contract negotiation situation but that's a different thing um, but I think that I ideally they would like to see some of these younger guys on their own team kind of emerge and so I think they would probably give them the first shot and then if it doesn't work then you know you got to find some answers elsewhere yeah. all right uh, this uh, brings up a perfect uh, comment from MO what are the dates for cut days do we know that yet? Yeah, this is a good question because it's changed a lot over the years. COVID had something to do with it, too. There used to be phases to the cuts, and then they got kind of rid of all that, just mm-hmm. made it one lump sum. But now they've gone back to what they did last year, uh, which is kind of smaller cut dates, one after each preseason game. So next Tuesday will be the first one. So after the Bears' first preseason game this weekend – They'll have to make some tough decisions. They cut down the roster from 90 to 85. So it's only five spots. Then they'll play another preseason game. Same thing the following week. Uh, They cut it down to 80. And then after that is the big cut down. You go all the way from 80 down to 53. That's when things get wild. Some guys are walking on eggshells around the facility. Like, (laughs) Like, is it me? Let it be me. (laughs) But, yeah, good question because that's changed a lot. Uh, let's just do, let's see, let's do this one from Outlander. He says, any news on the captain situation? Do we have uh, any idea about is there I mean, I don't think the captains are going to be figured out until season starts. Yeah. So Skip that. How I about hope he it? doesn't do weekly, though. I'll say that. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't do weekly captains. To I think me, that says you don't have captains. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's worth bringing up again and a question to him probably along the lines here soon. Um, but in terms of who those guys will be, it won't be till yeah. get to the season. All right, Brandon Campbell. Uh, he says, will the Bears have a set offensive line by Wednesday, Thursday for this Saturday? No. Um, we talked to Getze this week, the OC, and he was like, yeah, we're not close to settling yeah. that situation on who those five guys are going to be. And I I think he's being honest. forthright and yeah. honest with that, right? He, I don't think he knows just yet, right? We, I mean, I think most of us, if healthy, would slot Lucas Patrick in there, and you can put Cody on the left side at guard. Borm's taking almost all of the right reps at right tackle, but no. Nope. Riley Reese in that you know right situation now too. Yeah. So like, yeah. There's uh, who knows. I I think though in terms of this week, we'll probably get a good idea tomorrow. I would expect them to kind of come out and practice, maybe a little bit less rotation, unless they plan on doing rotation in the game, which is always mm. a possibility. Mm. 
But I would think, like, if Braxton Jones lining up as your first team left tackle tomorrow. He's probably going to do so on Saturday. You would think yeah. he's the first team left tackle starting the game on Saturday. Yeah. So I think we'll get some more clues here. Um, let me ask one more question to you, Herb, before we get out of here. Um, kind of a fun one in my mind. But who's the, who's the one player that maybe despite you knowing better, you, you just like to see him work out? Um, I'll give you one example. Like I keep, call- <laughs> yeah. you got yeah. one. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. You got one. Stas Newsom. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know the dad's thing for you. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an inside joke on the beat. I've got a bet going with some of the other reporters that dad's going to catch forty balls this year. I don't expect that to actually happen. I'm going to lose that bet. But I was I was bored at practice one day and there was nothing going on. And I was like, dad's going to catch forty balls. And people were like, I'll take that action. So we got that going on. But I I really do like Daz though. I I think he 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 does some things that that could help you. I don't even know if he's going to make the roster this year, but I mean, all these injuries keep going down. I think he's a guy that may be able to take advantage of some opportunities. So I'll just stick with him, you know, I, I, because I like him. That reminds me of the <laughs> the bet I made with Ike, the photog from WGN, back in the day. Who is the South Carolina quarterback? Uh, uh, nope, nope. Connor, what uh, was his name? Shaw? No. Connor Shaw. Hey. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, they, cut, they cut Connor Shaw like on a – Wednesday in May or something. And Ike was just like besides himself. He's like, oh, I, I guarantee you he's going to start a game. You know, so I go, Ike, I guarantee you he does not start a game for any other team this year. Ever. ever. I, think I, see, I think I said ever, but we had to put a date on the bet. So we right. said just this year. It was like by like by like week two, he retired from football. And I'll give Ike credit. He paid up the bet. The bet was a steak dinner at St. Elmo's at the Combine. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. That's respect right there. Let's go. That's a bet yeah. I wish I That's one had. of my favorite stories about <laughs> bets within the beat. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we got to get out of here. The uh, CSGO White Sox show is coming up next. And uh, so we got to get out of their way so that they can talk about bad baseball. Woohoo! <laughs> that is true. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue. He's at Herb Howard. 411 at Nicholas Moriano over there. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in today. Herb, the people love you. Hey, it's always a good time being here. Thank y'all so much for having me. Um, y'all do it well. Y'all do it very, very well. So shout out to y'all and everything y'all got going on over here at CSGO. Appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow at Soldier Field, and we will talk to everyone at 2 o'clock tomorrow. After that practice, we'll have the full recap from right here in our West Loop studio. We'll talk to you then.